I'm Maria Ramsey. And I'm Anna Barnard, and you're listening to Never Wear Boring Socks. Welcome back to Never Wear Boring Socks. Today we are going to talk about stress. Um, Stress is obviously something that everyone goes through, and especially so in our very fast-paced society right now. Um, And we'll discuss some causes and different types of stress, how stress affects both body and mind, and how we can develop a better relationship with stress. And we'll also discuss a little bit how it relates to us specifically as young adults and as creative people as well. But before we get into that, what socks are you wearing today, Maria? I'm wearing one of those pairs of socks that is part of a three set of socks. You know, sometimes companies Mm -hmm. will make three Mm -hmm. mismatched socks that go together. So these were a gift from my roommate freshman year of college. Thank you, Kara. And they have polka dots on them in varying sizes and are kind of different pastel-ish, but kind of bright colors. They look to me like dinosaur eggs that have been prepared for Easter, because they're like sort of Easter egg colors. So I picked these socks today because I feel like I have... I'm like trying to do too many things at once and the two very different socks represent that to me. All the different threads that are happening right now that it's kind of hard to focus and just pick one cohesive way to approach my life, which is a source of stress. So maybe that's something that we will get into today. Mm -hmm. Also, they're kind of springy colors and it's like... Kind of maybe almost spring. Not sure what the weather's doing, but I think spring is approaching. So we'll see. I hope so. And what socks are you wearing, Anna? Well, I'm going to go on the spring track as well. I'm wearing some no-show socks that have little zigzags on them. And so you can't actually see my socks when I'm wearing shoes, but they're they're cute anyway. But... I am I'm exposing my my little ankles to the cold in hopes How scandalous that it will exposing warm your up ankles. Yes. You know, no more wool socks. I want some spring weather. I think mm-hmm. it's getting there. So. I think it is. Yeah. When I actually like that you can't see them because I feel like that's even more never wear boring socks. Because, like, no one else even knows that you have fun socks on. It's really just a little, but you know. It's Mm -hmm. like a little secret with yourself to make your life a little more exciting. Exactly. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. So let's get into our discussion about stress um we'll just talk a little bit about what stress is really briefly and what causes it because stress is kind of an umbrella term um that's used for lots of different sensations and situations but it can be used in other specific situations as well and it can vary depending on the person and the situation so we're gonna go into that a little bit so stress is usually some kind of mental or physical strain or pressure Um, and I think what we think of the most when we're talking about stress and what we're probably going to discuss most today is the mental and emotional stress that we, that we get when we have a ton of obligations, um, each day and there's this balancing act that we have to deal with, um, and that we kind of put pressure on ourselves to achieve, but it can also be caused by, um, obligations that both ourselves and others hold us to, also traumatic events, um, <clears throat> excuse me, nerve-wracking situations, so things that um, kind of develop a fight-or-flight fight response, 
um, can also cause stress as well. Yeah. Those are the main things that I think of when I think of stress. I don't know if you have any other insights into that, Maria. That's what I think of also. I think my idea of stress normally has more to do, like you said, with the kind of mental, emotional stress of just going about life more so than acute stress in particular situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that's especially true for us um, as young adults. I think that's more of the the stress that we experience. And our stress on some levels is similar to, I don't know, regular adults. (laughs) 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 Um, um, Not us. (laughs) We're not regular. We're not regular yet. Um, Because we lead very busy lives with school and jobs, and this contributes to stress. But we also have a somewhat unique experience because we have this other element of stress in regards to considering our futures and thinking about how our choices are impacting educations, careers, and things like that. Um, And I think that can definitely manifest itself in stress. In a way that once you get older and you start to figure that stuff out and you're kind of in a routine, I mean, not everyone has a lifestyle like that, but some, a lot of people do, um, then that part of stress is not really there anymore. It's, it, can be, it can be transformed into different things. If you're a parent, that can be very stressful. If you're married, that can be very stressful. I mean, new relationships crop up, things like that. But as young adults, this is one thing that we're dealing with that is unique to our experience. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's kind of similar to what other people go through, but it's it's more specifically oriented. Um, do you have any thoughts about that, Maria? Yeah, well, I think, like you said, people of all ages obviously have stress and busy lives and situations that are stressful. Um, like older adults are going to have jobs, like you said, and families and things that they need to do that might be stressful. But I think young adults, a lot of us have the kind of added layer of stress that is figuring out what we want those things to be that are going to be taking up our time. Um, And like you said, a lot of older adults still might not have that all figured out or maybe they'll change their mind. People definitely make career changes or big moves or changes later in life. But I think it's just so at the forefront of our minds as young adults, because at least for us, we happen to be in a position where we are privileged to have so many options at our disposal and it can be overwhelming, I think. So that kind of overwhelm making decisions and trying to kind of figure out the right things to do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I wish there aren't really right things necessarily, but no. go ahead. There's not. Yeah. I, I think it's, well, it's interesting that you say that there aren't right things because I think there's a lot of conflicting notions in regards to what we quote unquote should be doing. You have your parents as a big influence on you throughout your life and they're kind of a model for what you could possibly do when you're older. And obviously they're going to be influencing you forever but especially in like these young adult years when you're kind of deciding what you want to do um you're influenced by society in this standard you go to college and you get a job thing people are kind of going against that grain more now but there's definitely a social structure of how you continue throughout your life once you are an adult um And then also, I find that I just put a lot of pressure on myself to be achieving a certain degree of fulfillment, I guess, for lack of a better word, in regards to, is this really what I want to be doing? I want to figure something out that I really am going to be fulfilled by later in life. Am I fulfilling my potential now? I put a lot of pressure on myself in regards to that. Um, And I think we do need to remember that we don't always have to have everything figured out. We never really have to have everything figured out because I don't know if we can have everything figured out, but I think that contributes to it a lot. And I also think being young adults carries with it some kind of degree of like existentialism (laughs) because of the age that we're at. Um, 
with deciding values, things like that. When we're young, mostly our values have been influenced by our parents' values, I would say. This isn't true for everyone, but it's true for a lot of people. Um, And as you get older, you see other forces at work and you start to think about your own values and you're kind of figuring that out. Later on in life, you've kind of nailed those things down. For the most part, I don't want to overgeneralize that. You can always change your values. Um, But kind of like, what do I want my life to look like? And what are my overall values? And like, why am I here? And I feel like those are more things that people think about at our age. And so that's something that we also have to deal with as well. Yeah, I agree. I think kind of before college and before you graduate from college, a lot of things are kind of set up for you already so you still get to make decisions and decide what you want to pursue and how you want to spend your time but like you said a lot of that is influenced by your parents and the kind of structures that you're operating within like your college or your high school wherever you are so I think once you get out of those structures and start to kind of have more open-ended options. It's kind of the first time in our lives that we get to make so many of our own decisions. And I think it can be overwhelming. And we talked about this a little bit with Katie Dale about when she was on the podcast about kind of decision fatigue and how as a young adult, this is kind of the first time that you get to make so many decisions. And I also relate to what you were saying about putting a lot of pressure on yourself to find a certain level of fulfillment from the things that you put your time into, because I, like, I consider myself like a pretty thoughtful and mindful person. So I really want to make sure that I'm spending time on things that are meaningful to me and are going to be satisfying. But that can definitely put me in a position where I am looking for a correct decision or one one option that's going to be the most fulfilling and i don't think that necessarily exists yeah yeah definitely i for a long time i've associated with fulfillment and happiness with achieving a certain degree of balance in my life or I guess putting the focus on outward things, like if I read more, then I'll be happier. Or if I make more time for writing, then I'll be more fulfilled, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and sometimes you just can't make time for that. <laughs> a lot of the times you can't make time for that as a student. Um, when you're already reading and writing all day in an academic discipline, like it's hard to make time for that in a non-academic discipline, like outside of that. So putting pressure on myself to do that really is not helpful and i need i've i'm starting to learn that sometimes like you really can't control whether or not you're going to be feeling happy one day or not because sometimes you just don't we talked about this in our period Mm -hmm. um episode on how like sometimes it's just your hormone levels are doing something weird that day and i put a lot of pressure on myself to like make the best of my situation and like, if you're not happy, like, let's fix it or whatever. But, like, you don't have to be happy all the time. I And I'm trying to figure this out. I, uh, But, yeah, I mean, like, I talk to my mom a lot at college, and the thing that she has been saying to me a lot lately is you need to put less pressure on yourself. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to actually practice that in my life, but I think that's something that a lot of young adults do, and they put this pressure on themselves, with ma- which manifests itself into stress that really they don't need to be experiencing because a lot of it is just the stress that you're putting on yourself. It's not coming from anywhere else. As much as I don't want to say if we just have a positive attitude that we won't be stressed anymore. Like It's very valid to feel stressed with the things that you have to do. But sometimes I think we we almost like overhype it and can make ourselves more stressed out in a way that we don't necessarily have to if we kind of let go of some things i guess but yeah it's tough i agree yeah i think a lot of it is in how we approach what is happening it's not necessarily changing the situation sometimes it is and sometimes it's just looking at it differently kind of shifting your perspective and this is reminding me of something uh i believe i mentioned this in a previous episode but something that 
really stuck with me from this meditation course that I took in college was my teacher was talking about how if you are or sort of how you have control over a second layer of suffering like you can be like it can be uncomfortable to be busy because you have so many things to do and that in itself is maybe an unpleasant emotion but if you also impose on that like oh, i'm so stressed because i have so many things to do then you have two levels of unpleasantness and the second one is entirely your creation. It's some story that you're telling yourself about what's going on and what should be happening. Right. So if you take out the second layer, then you only have the, like, what's there. So it's kind of about accepting what is in front of you. Exactly. Yeah. And that's obviously easier said than done. Because <laughs> Definitely. Because <laughs> I have such a hard time with it. But it is something to think about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all have a hard time with that. That's where a lot of our strife as humans comes from. Yeah. I feel like so much of what we talk about on this podcast, like just in general, is me being like, yes, like let's let con like let go of control and and do this and blah blah blah. And as much as like I know that it's good advice, it's so hard for myself to follow it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have this experience. Definitely. Like this is like this podcast has definitely been such a learning experience for me because so much of what we talk about is things that I really wholeheartedly believe in, but then like actually putting that into practice in my life is a whole different story. Yeah. This is something I've been thinking about a lot too recently. Not necessarily in terms of the podcast, but I think it's interesting you brought it up in this context, but sort of what I believe versus how I'm actually acting on a day-to-day -day basis. And things like this are really interesting to talk about, and they can be really hard to implement yeah. in our lives. Yeah, for sure. But I think that having conversations about them brings awareness to the topic, so I think that's a good starting point or a, a useful part of the process. Hands down, yeah, for sure. No, but I think it's good to acknowledge that as as much as we we can talk about these things and discuss them and say this is great these are some things you can do it's always going to be a different process for everyone and how we're actually going to achieve that mm -hmm. so yeah little tangent there but yeah but yes <laughs> um but continuing with this discussion of our unique experiences with stress i also want to talk a little bit about how stress affects us as being young creative people um and again, I was just talking about this a little bit, but another source of stress for us can be the attempt to make time for our creative endeavors while also balancing academic or work-related things. That has been a source of stress for me for a very long time because, again, I identify as a creative person, and so I generally put a lot of pressure on myself to be doing creative things, but I almost never have time to do it as a student, or the at least the things that I qualify as creative activities that I like to do or whatever um and so and I don't know if I have a right answer for this um because I think it is just the nature of what I'm doing and being at college it's really hard to have time for other things I mean you have to go to class and you have to sleep and you have to study and it's hard to to make time for all those things plus socializing and to make time for crocheting every week on the side can be really difficult um, and so I don't know if this is a question of me just accepting that I'm not going to have time for it or, or what, I don't know if you've had some experiences with this, that, like coming out of college and doing more creative things outside of college. If you have some advice in regards to that, Maria, or if you've experienced similar kinds of stress. I don't know if I have any advice, okay. but I definitely have experienced yeah. that. As someone, especially I think as someone who has multiple creative interests, there's like right. never enough time for all of them. The crocheting plus writing plus drawing plus yes. painting, whatever <laughs> else I want to do. Who knows? But I think, yeah, one of it has to, one part of the stress comes from feeling like I don't have time for it or having a hard time finding the time or the right time when I actually feel like doing it that's another issue and then part of it also I think comes from 
having this desire to ultimately hopefully make a living doing something creative. Mm -hmm. So it's not just creating for the sake of creating, but I also would like to, at some point, make money making art and writing. So that part puts added pressure because then I'm like, I need to start working on my body of work. And if I ever want to publish a book, then I need to start it now. And yeah, yes, that's a whole other level. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have any like solutions in regards to this either. I think it's really tough. I, I do think if you think of this in terms of like this doesn't go along with the the conversation about making a living off of art but i think in general it's hard to make time for self care in our current society mhm um i think there's more of a push towards it now but i think just because things are so busy all the time there's this expectation that you get up and you go to work and then you come back home and and you have time for whatever if you're a parent you're driving kids to things blah 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 and then you might be finishing up some work and then it's like you go to bed and that's your day and it's just so busy and it's hard to make time for self-care i don't think there's as much i think there's a growing appreciation for making time for self-care but i feel like this idea of like leisure and relaxation has kind of like gone by the wayside over the past few years i don't know this might be wrong but this is the vibe that i get i just feel like everything is so busy and yeah. I feel like creative things can kind of go into that. Like for me, as much as I also at some point in my life would like to be generating some revenue based on creative endeavor endeavors, creative endeavors are also very much a self-care thing for me. And I notice that I'm just more happy and centered when I do make time for it. And so beyond the fact of fact of oh identify i identify as a creative and i want to be doing these things part of it too is just the idea of making time for relaxation and self-care for me and i think there is more recognition of that now i feel like at least when i was in high school there was this like glorifying of working yourself super hard it was like oh I only got six hours of sleep last night. It's like, well, I got five and I stayed up all night studying for this. And uh, it's like, why? Why is this a good thing? It's so terrible. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Uh, and so I feel like there's uh, there's kind of starting to be a push towards more self-care and how much sleep are you getting? Are you actually getting enough sleep? That's a good thing. <laughs> and yeah, not that you're sacrificing it for doing whatever. Um, but I don't I think that this kind of goes along with that conversation. Um depending on what lens you're looking at it through. Yeah, I agree. And I have such a hard time making time to relax. Yeah. And I feel like this is yeah. a big part of my stress conversation, just in my head, because I tend to be a very productive person and I have lots of stuff going on. I have all my different work responsibilities and all my different creative projects, plus the things that go along with being a human, like cleaning and cooking and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But relaxing, it just doesn't come naturally to me. It's hard. I think as a person with anxious tendencies, who also has grown up in this very fast-paced world, it just doesn't feel very natural to me to really slow down and relax. And I actually had a conversation yesterday with my brother, who's much better at relaxing than I am, by the way. I was like, how do I relax? I, I've been doing stuff all day and I need to relax now, but I don't know what to do. Like, how can I relax without just watching TV? Because like, that's good sometimes, but I don't want that to be my relaxing always. And I don't always want to read because then I'm sitting down. But if I'm like running around the house, that's not very relaxing. <laughs> so, yeah, it's challenging. I Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you bring up that it's not natural to you. I didn't even think about that, but it's kind of true. I mean, part of it is just there's no time for it sometimes, but or we just need to make more time for right, it somehow. Or is there time for it? Yeah, but the idea that it's not natural is actually a really good point because I think we're unaccustomed to doing it. We, if we have extra, I noticed this at college, if I have extra time, like if I finish my studying early, I'm like, what do I do? 
It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And because we're just, if we're not, if we don't have something we have to do or feel like we have to do, we kind of are at a loss and we feel like we should be doing something. I almost feel guilty sometimes when I take the time to relax and I need to, I need to get out of that mindset because relaxation mm-hmm. is really important. And I think it makes us better at doing the things that we have to do when we're doing the things we have to do. I think I hundred percent agree with that. I think so. If I think it makes us more focused on the activities that we are doing, if we take time for relaxation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of my challenge is like finding the right relaxing activities. It's like I said, I I don't necessarily want to watch TV all the time when I want to relax because that feels too mindless. And a lot of the things I like to do to relax, like reading or maybe drawing sometimes, those are all sitting activities and I don't want to just sit down, but then I feel like, like maybe I should do some yoga, but I'm like not in the mood to do yoga right now. I'm not in the mood to meditate. And it's dark outside, so I can't go for a walk. And, like, what do I do? Yeah. No, I get that, too. I also, I relate to the thing that you were saying about how there's so many creative activities that we like to do. So when I actually have time to do one, I spend time deciding what one I want to do or how productive (laughs) it would be to do whichever one. And then I lose time actually deciding what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, goodness. But, yeah, I don't know how many answers I have to that, but it's something to think about. Yeah, and I, it's something we all struggle with. I think this whole crazy, fast-paced thing is obviously still very much a part of what we're doing, but I think there's become, there's more awareness about taking time out of your day to slow down, um, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit, Anna, about why we might want to develop a healthier relationship with stress? Like some of the ways that stress can manifest itself yeah. in our bodies and minds. Yes, definitely. Um, so stress, I think it's good to remember that some stress reactions are healthy for us. I think it's counterproductive to always think of stress in this negative way. I don't think it's I don't think it's helpful for us to try to completely avoid stress because I think it's always going to be a part of our lives. I think there's just always going to be some things that stress us out and that's okay. And sometimes a certain degree of stress is good because it motivates us to do certain things. If we didn't have any stress then we'd just be lying around all day and not getting anything done because we wouldn't <laughs> feel like we had to do anything. So, to an extent, um there are positive types of stress. Um, obviously there are very negative types as well. If you develop chronic stress or really acute stress or you're in crisis situations, that's a whole different thing and you definitely need to seek help for that. Um, but again, I think because there's not necessarily like getting away from stress, I think the conversation more needs to be about developing a better relationship with it rather than removing it. Um, and one of the big reasons why I think this is important is because Stress isn't just a mental thing. It's not something that just skews our focus or makes us unhappy, but it also affects our body, too. There's this very concrete mind-body connection going on. Um, I'm sure many of you have noticed that when you do get mental and emotional stress, it manifests itself in physical symptoms. So a lot of us get headaches when we're stressed out. Um, We talked about this last week. If you're stressed out, it can affect your period cycle if you're a woman. Um, worrying can cause nausea and it affects itself in other ways too. Um, prolonged stress. Again, the idea we talked about, um, like a more chronic sense of stress can actually cause, um, like chronic diseases later on in life. But I more want to talk about the, the, the little things that manifest. Um, and I think listening to our bodies can be a really good way to identify stress and be more in touch with this. Um, so when you take care of your mind or your body, it affects the other part. And so mm-hmm. I think it's good to view stress in a more holistic way in order to better develop a relationship with it. I agree. I'm 
all about the holistic view of body mind because i yeah i you can't just separate mental stress from your physical health because they are so related and i think it is useful like you said to listen to the cues from your body that are showing signs that you're under stress because the little things i think if you ignore the little signs of stress over time that's likely what leads to these bigger issues longer term like you said i think there's a connection between the maybe more minor symptoms that we're experiencing now and more major issues that come up later on i'm not a doctor but that's my <laughs> understanding yeah for sure um well and my mom is a integrative medicine doctor and a lot of people um she sees they have histories of trauma and that manifests itself in chronic pain for them and the only way they can deal with their chronic pain um is mindfulness practices so a lot of them have gone to general practitioners for a long time and they've gotten pills sometimes opioids for chronic pain and it doesn't it doesn't do what it's supposed to because you're not, not actually the issue yeah you're not addressing the root problem and when you mm -hmm. go to a holistic medicine consultation ideally they're going to ask you about your past whereas if sometimes you go into a general practitioner they just say what are your symptoms and okay well connect the dots you need this pill um and so it's you need to consider all parts of your life and what might be contributing to it in order to better treat it. So yeah. that's one really good example of the mind-body connection. I mean, a more extreme example, but it's something to be aware of. Yeah, I had an experience like that uh, maybe last year where I was experiencing some, experiencing some physical symptoms and I went to my, um, what's it called? My PCP, my doctor. And she, she was like kind of worried about the physical symptoms and like checked out my body and everything. She's like, well, everything looks okay. So you're probably fine. And I was like, okay. And then I went to my naturopath who has more of a holistic approach. And she was like, I think it's probably anxiety. Like, let's put you on some supplements like vitamin B and magnesium that are going to help with anxiety. And it helped. And the physical symptoms got better. <laughs> exactly so. yes yeah there's definitely a connection oh my goodness yes yeah so it's really important um and i know this is different for everyone but exercise and sleep can really affect um mental and emotional stress um and mental health which is a different category of stress but kind of goes along the same lines but i don't want to necessarily paint mental health as like this stress thing that we can control because it's not mm -hmm. always that way but these are some things that can help um and if you, some people like i have noticed that at the beginning when i entered college i was just focused on adjusting getting comfortable here in this new place and so i didn't exercise very much for the first month or so um because i just felt that was best for me but then i started exercising even though i felt like i might not have enough time to do it and it just makes me feel so much better. <laughs> yeah. It just centers me. It's nice to be at the gym, which is a non-academic building, and I'm in academic buildings all day. I just love the gym now because it's this place where I don't have to think about that. Um, and so that's really great. I know exercise can be really, really helpful um, for stress. And you wouldn't think of that because it's not addressing the obligations that you have or the mental stuff that's going on but it does have a big effect on it um and another thing is sleep which again all of this conversation is complicated because if you're making enough time for sleep then you might have to sacrifice something else in your day or if you're making enough time to exercise then you might sacrifice sleep etc so you really have to gauge what your body needs um but if you don't get enough sleep then you're more exhausted and I know when I don't get enough sleep, then I get stressed out about not getting enough sleep. And then I'm more mm -hmm. stressed. And so 
sleep can be so helpful. If you take care of your body in that way, it can greatly help stress that you're dealing with. Yeah. Well, and that was one of the other things that my naturopath told me was that I should make time for exercise because that also helps with anxiety, which does help. I do notice a difference. Yeah. And I think, well, sleep helps too, definitely, like you said. And I also think it's worth noting that exercising too much can also be a source of stress or too high intensity. I Mm -hmm. think a lot of us are probably not in that category, but some people are. And that can lead to things like throwing your cycle off, like we talked about last week. So if your body's under that much physical stress, it gets concerned so to speak um so i think like you said listening to your body and figuring out what it needs does it feel like your body feels like it's under stress because you're working it too hard physically or because you're only working mentally and you're not moving your body enough right yeah again this is a very personal thing and you do need to gauge it for yourself but these are some general things that we can think about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if, if you haven't exercised very much before, talking to other people about it and how a good way to kind of ease into that is helpful too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to kind of wrap up this discussion, do you want to go over some ways that we can manage stress, develop a better relationship with it? We've talked about a few things, but there's some other more just methods that I want to talk about briefly before yes, we wrap up. Yes, that sounds like a good plan. Alrighty. So, number one that I think of, and again, this is really individual. Stress manifests itself very differently for everyone, and also people's ways of thinking and managing stress is different. And so you really have to kind of self-diagnose with this, but if one of these kind of sticks out at you, then it might be a good solution for you. Um, so one that I think of is having a planner or calendar can be really helpful for some people. Um, whether it be on paper or a Google calendar, um, some people having that can make them feel more in control and less stressed out. And we don't always need to be more in control, but sometimes having something that makes us feel more in control can be really helpful. And so sometimes for me, um, what I do when my week starts is I plan everything out on a, on a paper calendar. And I hardly look at it during the week, but just writing it down before the week starts <laughs> makes things feel more manageable because I kind of realize, all right, well, even though I have these classes and these activities going on, I do have these chunks of time when I can get work done. And realizing that has been really helpful for me. So that's one way that you can manage it. So another thing that can be really helpful is meditation. We've talked about this a little bit before in some other episodes. Um, even though it's another thing that you kind of have to add to your day, so it may seem counterintuitive to add something into your schedule that's going to take time away from the things that you need to get done, but studies have shown that meditating regularly does improve mental health, and you don't have to meditate for a long time to get the benefits of it. I know there have been some studies saying there our benefits, even if you're only meditating for a couple minutes a day. And this also reminds me of a saying that's something like, if you know what it is, what is it? It's like you should sit for an hour in meditation every day. And if you don't have time for that, you should sit for two hours or something. So basically speaking to the fact that this stress that we're feeling it has a lot to do with our mental state as much as if not more so than what is actually on our plates for sure yeah that's a really good point yeah i've finally made meditation a uh, routine this year um starting in 2018 and i just noticed when i don't make time for it my day feels so much more rushed and hurried and it's just so nice to have a little bit of a break in the day it really changes your perspective on things yeah i would i totally agree yeah and another thing that we already talked about a little bit um but making time for hobbies so 
again, we were talking about how we are creative people and so we want to make time for that side of our lives. Um, but kind of going on this idea that it it does sound counterintuitive in the fact that if we're stressed by all these obligations, shouldn't we be focusing on getting those done rather than doing something else? Um, but making time for hobbies can really create the necessary space in our day that allows us to focus more on the activities that we are doing. Um, and so it might even be more productive to do that because then when you are doing that, you allow some space in your mind. And then when you get to the next thing, you're way more productive and focused. I notice that if I'm working on academic stuff all day, I have such a hard time focusing. I probably waste at least an hour a day just drifting off and thinking mm-hmm. about other random stuff because I am so unfocused. Yeah. So both meditation and making time for relaxation and hobbies can really help with it. I think a lot of this has to do with getting yourself into a better mental and emotional state to accomplish the things that you want to do in a more effective way, Yeah. as opposed to just trying to spend more time on those things that you have to do. Because I think we all know to some extent that just spending more time working harder on things is not necessarily more effective. What we really need to do is make sure that we are working on something effectively and efficiently from a good mental space with good intentions. And these are some activities that can help you get to that better mental space, I think. For sure. Yeah. And another thing that can help, um, which is kind of similar to having a planner or scheduling things, um, is having a routine. And again, this does not work for everyone, but I've noticed this year, especially with all the change that has happened in my life with going to college, um, my rooming situation has changed a lot this year. Um, I've had two different roommates, so it's just, it's been a lot of change, and I've um, definitely been dealing with some anxiety because of all of that, Um, but having routines has been really helpful for me because it's something that I can stick to, and it's something I can rely on, and it's one less thing I have to make a decision about. Um, Mm -hmm. and so if you have one less variable in the mix that can make stress feel more manageable. So if that's something that you think would work for you, I would definitely recommend it. And it, it can be, you can implement routines in any part of your life. It doesn't have to be, I'm going to do the same thing every day. It could just be that I'm going to eat the same thing for breakfast every day, or I'm going to do this before I go to bed every night, or it could be, this is how my day is going to look every day for all hours of the day, but it doesn't have to be that way. Um, so I think having some kind of routine can be really grounding. Yeah, I agree. And it kind of streamlines the process of going about your day because it takes away some decisions and the time that you need to make those decisions. Exactly. Yeah. And then reaching out to others is really important. Um, and That can be just reaching out to an individual that you trust. You can go see a mental health professional. um, Finding a community that you can talk to. Um, If if you're in a crisis or experiencing intense stress often, then you should definitely seek help. There are so many people that you can reach out to. But even if you aren't in a crisis situation, just talking to others a couple times a week, once a week about stress can really provide a sense of relief. And just as even though all the obligations are still there... Just talking to someone, taking a break to connect with someone else. Um, Sometimes, like, so many people are experiencing the same things that you are. So having a conversation with someone who's going through something similar can be really helpful. And that just finding common ground can make you feel a little better and give you a sense of relief. Mm-hmm. I think also spending time socializing where you're not talking about stress is really helpful. Also In that. addition to that. Yes. Because those moments when I'm just enjoying myself with friends are like the most fulfilling and satisfying moments of my life, I think. And they really put things in perspective. Like, why am I stressing so much about this thing that I have to get done? Do I really care about it as much as I care about the people in my life? And the answer is usually no. Yeah. And I I just think relationships and community are so important and really ultimately is what a lot of us are seeking even if we aren't explicitly Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, it's so important. And I think it is really good for gaining perspective. I think sometimes, like, sometimes stress is super legitimate and there are things that we need to be worrying about and things can just get really tough. But sometimes stress is just getting too zoned in on one thing and not having the right perspective in regards to what is really important right now. What do I really need to be worrying about? And I think just taking time to spend time with the people you love is really helpful for that. Yeah. And I think having people that you feel comfortable both discussing stressors in your life and things that you're going through and also just having fun and being positive and just having a good time together. I think it's nice to have those people who can be both because you don't want all your friendships to be like really negative and talking about your stress and your internal struggles all the time. But you also, I also want deeper relationships where we're actually talking about what is on our minds. So I think it's good to have some people who are both. Definitely. Yeah. And one more thing that we've talked about a lot before is this idea of control. And it can be really tough to kind of find the line between how much control we should have in our lives and how much we shouldn't. Um, But I think it's good at least to be aware of what we can and cannot control in our life. And then we can kind of make choices in regards to how much we want to pursue control over certain things and how much we don't. But I do think letting go of the things that we recognize we can't control can be really helpful. Again, so much easier said than done. But Managing stress isn't always about being more productive with your various activities and obligations, but sometimes it's just being more accepting of yourself. And and again, this is a lot of it's about perspective, but accepting yourself and putting less pressure on yourself can often diminish stress by quite a bit. And I think we underestimate that. Yes, definitely. So our call to action for this week, we want to know what some things, um, what are some things that you've done to develop a better relationship with stress? Um, so please let us know any suggestions that we didn't cover, things that have helped you, any experiences you've had with stress. Um, let us know. Maria, do you have a quote for us this week? I do. This is from John O'Donohue from his interview on the podcast on being with Krista Tippett. Mm -hmm. And I highly recommend his episode. It really resonated with me on many levels. And I actually, I loved it so much that I printed out the transcript of their discussion and like went through and highlighted stuff because I was so into a lot of the stuff that he was saying. So this one in particular stuck with me. He said, but for me, philosophically, stress is a perverted relationship to time. So that rather than being a subject of your own time, you have become its target and victim, and time has become routine. So at the end of the day, you probably haven't had a true moment for yourself, and you know, to relax in and to just be. And I think this just is such a fascinating way of thinking about stress. And I really relate to it because a lot of the time that I'm feeling under stress, and again, here I'm speaking about the kind of day-to-day stress that's caused by feeling like I have a lot to do, usually. Um, I feel like a lot of that does have to do with my relationship to time, that I feel like I'm somehow racing against time and that I've there isn't enough of it. Yeah, and I just, it's not a helpful perspective, I think. And I just think this is a really interesting way that he describes it. Yeah, I'm really glad you chose this quote. I think, yeah, I'm, uh, the idea of time and stress is really important. And we didn't touch on it very much, but I'm so glad that you did bring this up. Um. 
yeah, a lot of stress is like, I have this much time, but I have this much stuff to do. And how am I going to get it done? Oh, my goodness. Um, And I notice, especially in college where I have certain blocks of time that I can do things, I'm very time oriented and I'm very much I have this much time now. What am I going to get done? And then I have this much time later. And you can go down to the minute. Like I have friends who are planning their schedules to the minute on busy weeks, which is just ridiculous. It's not how we should be living our lives. Um. And I've been trying to um, live by the 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 motto or the sentiment that time is a gift and an opportunity rather than a constriction, which mm, is like which is really difficult. But I think if you view it that way, it creates this much more optimistic spin on things. And when I'm so in my own head and I'm I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I have to get this done, and I only have an hour, and blah blah blah, and I have to do all this stuff, I can kind of go to this place where you are given this time every day and you get to experience these things and time is this opportunity for you to learn something new or talk to someone new or talk to someone old and whatever and I think viewing it that way can lessen some stress that you do put on yourself because I think a lot of stress is this skewed perception of time and I'm really glad you brought that up yeah and I think it's useful to think about like what different ways we can interact with time because mm-hmm. what even is time that's right. such an abstract thing to begin with so why do we feel so constrained and pressured by it lots of reasons probably but yeah i just think it's interesting to think of it from this more philosophical point of view no i think if you change your perspective on time it can alter your perception of stress in extreme ways because i think stress is so much time to time like i think if you want to go about it that way you could have such a different relationship with stress yeah i agree thank you for bringing that up that quote you're welcome you've been listening to never wear boring socks please tune in next week for an episode on body image And please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And please leave us a review on iTunes. They make us very happy. Yes. You can find show notes for this episode at mariacatherine.com slash podcast slash 027. And Catherine is spelled K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E. Please get in touch with us. Our email is neverwearboringsocks at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at neverwearboringsocks and on Twitter at noboringsocks. You can respond to our calls for action, like our, our question about stress today, or just say hi. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much to Ben Ramsey, the Cheese Beast, our audio editor, and to him as well as Martha Barnard for helping us with our music. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. And until next time, never wear boring socks. <laughs>